Welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke Roberts. This is a podcast all about reality television. Sort of. Sort of. We're going to talk a little bit about reality television, aren't we, Ash? Yeah, we're going to talk mostly about reality. Well, I don't know about mostly. I mean, that's crazy to say. Our reality. Oh, our, our reality. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. reality in general. Oh, reality in general. Well, you know, I get confused on this show because we talk about as I said before, reality of the television persuasion. Yeah, well, we'll do that at the end. But uh, yeah, we actually watched an episode of that uh, new HBO Max. I don't know who's who's maxing out there. Anybody maxing? maxing? I think people are still trying to figure out what's going on, you know, with their HBO subscriptions. I know. Every time I talk to someone, they're like, I'm still I'm still doing demand or well, whatever. Well, I'm working off a free subscription right now. Uh, Must be nice. A seven-week <laughs> seven trial, and we decided to pop on a little show called Hot dog it's mainly we wanted to pop this on because matt rogers is a comedian in new york and he's the host now that's not mainly why i wanted to pop it on not nothing against matt rogers but i just was interested in the concept it is a grooming competition um much like a chopped style and uh but it's a bunch of kind of like different groomers uh all seeming to be from la yeah it, the casting pool is small it also i think is on the same set as nailed it yes it I mean, looks like nailed it my god is it not you mentioned this last night but is it not just cut and dry the exact same type of uh show well it's uh, just like those types of shows are our refillable format you know honestly we should be pitching shows like that because it's a it's you know you to just whom? to plug it in you plug in the format i, I have a million- to whom your dad get him to fund a reality television <laughs> show i uh steve listen i know you've always thought about going into the television business even more than you are now but um we have a pitch for you, and it's uh, it's about uh, plumbers. It's a plumbing competition. Instead of hot dogs, it'll be hot beers, and it's warm beers people have to sip on and then see if they can tell the notes, the artisanal notes. That's a terrible idea. My idea is about plumbers, okay? It's called um, uh, Watch Out for the Turd, and what it is is you get three toilet bowls, right? And you get three plumbers, and they have to determine which one has just been used, um they all sort of look alike you know that sounds like a detective's job (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine if that was like a case that you got brought to your office like listen uh i have three toilets and 100 percent. i bet everything i own that at some point a forensic detective had to determine when a toilet bowl was last used Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, checking fingerprints. The killer had to go, had che- to take a leak. Checking the cheek prints on it. Cheek prints. <gasps> Do you think our butt cheeks have uh, like an identifiable pattern when pressed against a cool white porcelain? Well, I know I leave ass hairs everywhere I go. And- Is that? You told me those were chest hairs. <laughs> I thought you were just pulling them out and sprinkling them on the toilet. Uh <laughs> That's a little surprise. You do think that I I intentionally sprinkle hair around our homes. When we first moved in together, I thought it was a pathological thing. I thought right. you were pulling out your body hair and sprinkling it around. I right. had just never in my life seen so much body hair placed randomly throughout a house. I, I've never been exposed to this much body hair. Every single thing in our house has one of your hairs on it. And... Can I be can I be honest? Go ahead, be f- honest. Be frankly honest. Be frankly honest. I'd like to be frank here, not George, but your body hair looks like a pubic hair. Hey now. And so I thought it was just pubes were sprinkled throughout the house. When you said you were going to be honest, I had no idea you were going to compare my arm hair to my pubes. That's ridiculous and I don't like it. Now let me tell you this, okay? Would it not be hilarious if that was true? If I mean, if you really the revelation sure sick 
but true. Like, cause, cause you know, it's like, you're like, uh, Hey, uh, I'm going to go uh, hang with my friends for a little bit. And I'm like, all right, sweetie, I'll see you when you get home. Time and then, to place my hair. <laughs> I just hear like the, the, the door click. And then I'm like, it's go time. And then I'm like skipping around the house. Boing. This is a joke that I used to do. Did you ever see me? That's me skipping around the house, placing my pubic hair all around. You're doing an act out from the joke that I had. I've never seen you do that act out. Yes, you have. I used to do that joke and then I stopped doing it because it ends with me making fun of Italians. And I decided that you can't make fun of Italians. So you're going to move to Jersey. All right, you can't make fun of Italians. We all know that. I thought, you know, and in the comedy Bible, the two people, two groups of people you could always make fun of were Southerners and Italians. But I just don't want to make fun of anyone anymore. I don't even want to make fun. Okay, guys, you don't want done. Don't mess with the Jersey Italians. You saw how Cody did Kevin wrong uh, yesterday on on the aired episode of Big Brother. I mean, Cody, Cody was saying things like, "Are you giving are you giving a dig to me right now? Are you digging at me?" Yeah, I guess another thing you don't want to mess with Italians for is because they will make a death park called Action Park that has literally no rules or regulations and should have been shut down a long time ago. Is, was that is that a was is the guy who did Action Park uh, an Italian guy? I don't know, but he was. It's in New Jersey. It is so. in New Jersey. That does it. That's just because there was a lot of space for cheap. For but this I guy assume that the people who work there were mainly all those teens. Come on. I mean, sure, the people who came to the park were greaseballs, but... Uh, I want to see that, that Jersey Shore show about the teens who worked at Action Park. I mean, I, there's been so many um, things... I mean, Ashley and I watched this, uh, another HBO Max. Uh, we're really maxing out our Max. Maxing. Um, there's a thing. It's it's really fun to watch. It's called Class Action Park. It's a documentary. Um, it's a Max original, as they call them. Um, so, uh, And it's all about uh, Action Park which was a water park slash not water park in uh, New Jersey um, throughout the, uh, I guess, the late 70s through the early 90s or something. Whenever you said your parents were in high school, were seniors in high school the year it opened. I'm 78. Um, So I am curious. I never talked to my folks about it if they had ever gone to Action Park back in the day. It did seem like it was the place to be if you were like 15 years old it's so interesting and terrifying this guy this wall street guy he gets run out of wall street he's breaking too many rules he's got all this money he buys some ski resorts he's like how can i make more money off these ski resorts i know i'll set up a water park and at the time water parks were not like common like there was no sort of industry standard when it came to what a water park looks like so he just built like a lot of crazy slides and rides that didn't involve any sort of engineers or uh safety protocols and then a lot of people got hurt and people died children died yeah <laughs> you guys want to watch that yeah, children you want to watch that documentary it's interesting you should watch it if nick and i sound Great. scattered if we're like jumping around from topic to topic it's because we have been packing up our life belongings for the past day for me i've been doing it for three days nick joined me on the third day hey not because i not because i was like Fuck you, Asha. That's women's work. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, lifting boxes, that's that's women's work. That's for the ladies. 
I, I had uh, to work. I had jobs to do, so I couldn't go those two days. But I did join you for a very intensive pack-up uh, yesterday. So. Yesterday was the most intense day. Yeah. I went on Friday, drove back Friday and Saturday to Brooklyn, and those were more like, okay, let me just see what I can get started for when Nick gets here and we can really attack it. Yeah. And I have to say, dude, having you there... I was able to stay on um, task, stay focused. I feel like we got a lot more done. Yeah, I know, Ash. I was calling Ashley up like uh, while she was gone, just checking on her those days that I wasn't there. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? How's it going? And she'd be like FaceTiming me. I'm like, are you laying on on, on, a, on the floor? What are you doing? I was taking a break. I, was, I got existentially overwhelmed many times. And then I'd be like, uh, what's going on? Are you getting do- things done? And then uh, what, what are you doing right now? And then Ashley said, literally said this to me at, at one point. She goes, I just ate um, an egg sandwich and now I'm sipping on a Topo Chico. (laughs) I'm sipping on a Topo Chico. I'm like, what the fuck is a Topo Chico? I was washing my sandwich now with a Topo Chico. I found out it's a seltzer. It's the best seltzer. It's a seltzer. Those who know, it's the best seltzer. You you know, Ash, we have... have, Don't you dare. Don't you dare. (laughs) I know what you're about to do. What? what? I'm just saying, why would you sip on a Topo Chico in Brooklyn when you could come to the Jersey Shore and have a... Nice seltzer. <laughs> okay, first off, I'm not as obsessed with seltzers as you oh, are. Oh, yeah? Why are you sneaking off to Brooklyn just to sip on one? You know, I was talking to, uh, was emailing with one of our listeners, Shantae, and she was talking about how her partner has gotten really into coffee. And I we decided that, I've decided that it is a pandemic-related thing, guys getting really into drinks. Yeah. Hey, Thank you know Shante and you should be very happy that uh, it's not gin that we've decided to uh, get really into over yeah. the pandemic. I'm just sipping on a seltz, bro, and I know everybody wants to know what my seltzer is. You always ask. I'm getting a lot of uh, fan mail based on my seltzers, and uh, what I'm I'm sticking with the Polar brand, switching up the flavor. This is Blood Orange Lemonade, folks. How is it? It's pretty good. It still to me does not hold a candle to the tart lime, mm. the tart cherry limeade, excuse me, from the Polar brand, of course. Babe, you really have to have a Topo Chico because it comes in a glass bottle. It's way more fizzy. It's way more seltzery than you you would ever be able well, to. Well, the glass keeps the carbs. The glass keeps the carbs. It's delicious. We'll get a Topo Chico today. We're going back to Brooklyn. That's right. We still got more packing mm. to do. Today's our big goodwill trip. Yes. Um, we've We bring you this goodwill. Uh, what is that? It's a broken snack table. Have this. <laughs> we've done a good job of, um, do you think we've done a good job of creating a goodwill pile? Because we're trying to downsize. Aren't we all? Isn't that the theme of 2020 besides pandemic and uh, all the other stuff? I think our goodwill pile is fine. You know, I'm- Should it be bigger? No, I mean, I wish we had less stuff, if that's what you mean. I, I don't know, but it seems like we've thrown away as much as we can, and we've, we're giving away as much as we can. And I, I don't know. I'm honestly talking about the move, the impending move, and the uh, Goodwill trip that we're doing today. All of it. It, it make, gives me a feeling in like the pit of my stomach, like a queasy feeling. I don't like what's happening. I want this to be over with. We still are not 100% sure on how we're going to cross the finish line here. Like, we still don't know exactly how we're going to exit the apartment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that makes me uncomfortable. I know, yes, on the drive up, 
I'm supposed to be working on a bunch of the details. Yeah, I'm driving to Brooklyn and Nick is going to be calling moving companies because we've decided that we want to at least find out how much they cost. Yeah. Neither of us have ever used a moving company and we're creeping up there in age where we don't feel like we can just, you know... Uh, call upon the free labor of our friends. Uh, no, we could call upon free labor or pay for our friends, but the, f- the thing about it is it's COVID times. If I bring my friends over, I haven't seen them in a It's going to be a lot fashion. of chit-chat. I can't afford the chit-chat with the people that I bring over there. Um, and, you know, and quite honestly, the thing I'm scared of, it's like, it's not like our furniture is, you know, 10,000 pounds worth of shit. We have a narrow apartment it's long and narrow baby whoever created our building or just sort of brooklyn townhouses in general was a big fan of the um narrow doorway into the narrow hall built at an angle yeah it's like (laughs) what is going on here it's a lot of like angles where i mean you guys listen to the episode where we got the couch into the apartment now we gotta get it out of the apartment and it's fully formed it's not in a box anymore so, Jeez. you know, it's the couch is going to be an issue and I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do it. Now, as I was saying to Ashley on our uh, ride home from yesterday's packing ordeal, it's like the reason why I think that a moving company might be worth its time and money is because they have like little tools and tricks on like they deal with getting big couches right. out of narrow apartments. They have the luxury of experience. And uh Petey, my friend from down the street, he fucking picks his nose all day long. This guy, you know what I mean? Like what? well, listen. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> what? I'm I'm saying I didn't want to say one of my friends because I didn't want to make fun of my friends. Oh, I see what so you're I saying. I don't know a Petey. <laughs> and that's well, what you confused just said Ashley. Someone from down the street. I thought you were talking about a neighbor. You're no, talking about a friend. I'm You're saying, saying our friends are not equipped. And I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think that a moving company is the maybe the adult thing to do. Let's save our backs. The issue will be how much it costs to have uh, a moving company pack up a van and then drive it to New Jersey and unpack it. That's what we're interested in finding out today. So, you know, maybe this will be our first big adult move where we get a moving company. And then maybe we'll just be begging your dad to come in in a couple of days and help us with the couch we'll find out we haven't decided i think the the dread that you're feeling is i'm also feeling that i'd like that to be known i also have that in the pit of my stomach but that is what is pushing me to get it over with as quickly as possible because i can't have this hanging over my head anymore i want to rip it off like a band-aid you know i know and I'm, i'm i'm tempting to do it too i mean but i'm just saying like uh i until it's completely settled you know, like really just, I don't like the un, the not knowing part of it. A hundred percent. So when, when we actually have something booked or we're like, we've made a full on decision and have a game plan, I will feel much more settled because the problem is I can't really focus, you know, it's, it'd be nice to focus all of my time and energy on this, but I can't because there's other stuff going on. First of all, we don't live there. You know, so you have to keep going back and forth. Can you imagine packing up a house that you don't live in? Like you drive two hours to pack up and then you drive. This is, and then you drive two hours back. The thing is, is that when we roll up to the apartment, I'm like, I'm tired. That was yeah. a long ride. Need, and, a, need a meal. Need and it's to also chill like out. our apartment building has turned into something that is like, there's like far too many people living in our apartment building at this point, And it's making it more uncomfortable to have to do this move. 
So it's like, you know, it's like, we live on the third floor. There are three floors in the apartment. Like, have no fucking clue who lives on the first floor these days. No idea. The DJ guy with the girlfriend still lives there. The big, tall DJ. I guess. But some, a group of roving drunk people with masks around their chins yesterday were not socially distancing and asking me if the lady who looks like Dolly Parton still lives here. They went to the net after <laughs> they went and explored our building. They went next door and started exploring that building. This is what I'm saying. Like our neighborhood has turned into like a chaotic sort of situation because people are just like are working off their government checks. They don't, they work from home. There's a lot of to-go drinks happening in our neighborhood. People are just drunk, roving the streets. We're right next to the park. We're like five doors away from a park in Bushwick. Not the park, not Prospect Park, please. We'd never leave if we were five doors away. We're five doors away from the Maria Hernandez Park. And Google it. I'm pretty sure it was named after somebody who was murdered on that street, I I think. So anytime that's the case, you know that that park's probably not going to be the greatest hang. And so it's just like a lot of young. It also seems to be like a touristy. Uh, it's so wild how our neighborhood, Bushwick, went from being um, really sort of an industrial sort of questionable place, you know, like people being like, you live in Bushwick, to being like the coolest neighborhood in Brooklyn. So when you go there, it is like, like I was there on Saturday by myself and then drove back to New Jersey. When I left Saturday night, every street was as was as if it was a street parade. Like there's so many people out because they can't be indoors. Everyone was drinking. Everyone looked really cool. I will say that. Lots of cool outfits. It made me realize that we right now are living around a bunch of old people. You know, like when you're yeah. in our neighborhood and it's just like crop top bike short city. Um, and then you get back to Ocean Grove and it's uh, a lot of sweatsuits, sweatpants. Been noticing that. Just older people here. Yeah, but you know what? It actually uh, it gives you a little bit of a break when you walk out of the house. You don't have to feel like you're walking down the goddamn runway. You know what I mean? You can relax a little bit here. I like being the coolest person in the neighborhood. Sure. <laughs> and I think that's what we've become. Yeah, man. We have, we have fans who walk by and go, there they are. There they are. Those are the two people who own sneakers like, yeah, yeah but that's right nick's right our neighborhood's become like uh, this unmanageable beast that is kind of just sprawling out before our feet every time we w- move a box from the building to the car it's just like you're dodging these people who are on a constant vacation in our neighborhood um like that's the vacation and then like you were saying there's just all these people who have moved into the second floor um, you're saying that you don't know people yeah. who are there anymore. I recognize some of our neighbors. Where I'm like, oh, they're still there. But the second floor has really gone from being about an eight people situation to it looks like a 10 or 12 people situation. Yeah, it's, it's two apartments, by the way. Two apartments. So, so it's there's like, like four people in each apartment. And anytime there's like a magic door that uh, happens, like we're on the we're on the third floor. You take the, the stairs down to the second floor. As you're walking down, there's a door right in front of the stairs, the staircase um, and that door seems to be a magic door where anytime I'm walking down with a box, somebody is opening up that door. It's so weird. And it's a different person walking out of the door. It's so, it is. And they look at me like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, that's the thing about the new people who are in the building. They keep looking at us like, who are you? You don't belong here. Yours isn't your place. And I want to be like, listen, guy, we haven't been here for a few months. Sure. But we were here a long time before you. 
Yeah. But you can't say all that. You have to just kind of nod with your mask in your box. Yeah, you got a mask moving. on. You can't really, you know, you, you can't really give any sort of a recogn- recognition, you know, nod that makes any sense and isn't creepy. So you just kind of blow past the people. I mean, that's what I've been doing. It's really a nightmare. You know what I think is really funny is that one of, on one of the trips I was there, by the way, guys, this podcast is going to be us working through the fact that we're moving. Okay. This is our, we're working through our apartment. Um, crisis and blues that it's also like a really great thing that we're getting out of there i was on i was there by myself right and you called me and we were chit-chatting this might have been right this might have been the topo chico conversation topo chico topo chico you guys say it at home it's fun topo chico and you were like my god what is that horrible noise behind you what is going on over there and i was like oh that that's the parrot because our neighbors have a parrot that squawks constantly. And I think you and I just got used to it. Yeah. I mean, you know when you live by a train station or the train tracks and you can hear like the train come by every hour or so if you're hanging out in a certain part of your home. But after a while, you don't notice it. Or if you do, it's almost like, oh, yeah, soothing. You know, there it's it just is. just background noise. That for us turned into uh, was a squawking parrot that lives directly below where we rest our heads at night and uh it is just this parrot seems to be pissed about three times a day maybe feeding times i don't know what the fuck's going on with this parrot they might be taking the parrot out of the cage and just fucking beating the shit out of it and putting it back in the noises this fucking bird makes folks is absolutely out of control I mean, and when you're in the stairwell and, you know, these people who live below us, they leave their door open to the to the hallway for a myriad of reasons. One, I think, is because people are constantly coming in and out of there. And and it sounds like we're talking about like a drug den. This is like a family of 15. Yeah, it's a family. Like the mom. Every generation of a family lives in here. Mom and dad live on one side and then like the aunt and the uncle live on the other so that's what's going on. And, and they have kids and it's, you know. And I've spoken, we've spoken to these people. I've lived this place for 10 years and these people apparently have lived there for 35 years, maybe almost 40 at this point. So they own the place. Yeah, you know, it's this their, is their, this it's, is their, they don't own it. But they own it. But it's just like, you know, when you're like, yeah, I've been here longer than the building owners. They're not going to tell me to do shit here. So yeah, and we do whatever we want. So, um, yeah, they leave this door open. And when you're walking down the hallway and that bird squawks, it like echoes off of every shithole wall in that fucking place. It's so loud. And and people look at me when, you know, you have friends over like, what's going on there? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the bird. You, you forget about the bird. That's the parrot, y'all. Yeah. Meanwhile, we had a cat there for two and a half years or whatever. She must have been losing her mind yeah. about those birds. But now I, sh- I think she got used to it because now she doesn't give a shit about a bird at all. Like when a bird flies by, she didn't care that much. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was telling Julia the story because I just found it humorous. You were just like, my God, what is that noise? Is everything okay? And then I was like, I was like, you know, it's the parrot because uh, my na- our neighbors have a parrot. And Julia, Julia was like, oh, I know. So right. that must mean that like people are coming over and they're like, holy shit, what is that? There's a that's crazy noises coming from that animal. I mean, people know. Um, I would oh, imagine. I know. Imagine people would be very upset um, to have to be in that place for a day. But after you're there for a year, you don't notice at all. You know what I mean? You truly don't. I remember like talking more about the parrot when I first moved into that place. I mean, so I, I, I got super used to it. It never was soothing. 
It was like I when I did. Well, notice it's not it, singing a song. It's not no. doing any sort of bird things that are that are enjoyable. It's doing ang- It's a. It's upset. It's making noise because it's upset. If it was like you know, even just a little, a little tiny tune, something like that <laughs> would be incredible. Would be great. But instead, what it sounds like, and I'm not going to recreate the actual noise. It's too early in the morning for me to do that. But what I will say is like, imagine you had like a cockatiel. And I don't know, three times a day, you just broke its foot <laughs> with your bare hands. That's the noise it makes. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty glad to get out of there. I, I, I'm going to bring this up. Ash and I have had a contentious moments yeah. and over the past. And, and it's understandable. No one's mad at the other person. But Ashley is um, classically uncomfortable with change and Mm -hmm. really um what would you say what what would you call your issue with change like how could you explain it i would say it's pathological you know it's uh rooted in sort of childhood anxieties i've never been good with change and i'm just like i'm like annoyingly um you know I, i i annoyingly mourn the past right and thank you for throwing annoyingly in there. Yeah, That's it nice. also bothers me. I don't enjoy it, you know, reflecting on the past. You've always been forward facing, I feel like. You're always you're you are not necessarily in the moment. I don't think that that's a strong suit of either of ours, but you are constantly looking towards the future. I'm more interested. You want to like, if we're getting rid of like a car, you want to like sit in that car and kind of touch it, touch all the the pieces of the car. Remember every moment you ever spent in Thank that it. car. Thank it. Kiss it. Take a picture with it. When you're walking away from it, you know, you walk backwards. You kind of hold your hand out like, you know, your lover is is leaving you. Me with the car, it's like I just want to shut the I want to open the window, shut the door, toss a match in, and light it on fire and just run away. That's how I feel about things that I'm leaving. I'm just like, rip it off like a Band-Aid. I never want to see it again. That's how I sort of feel about our apartment. Not necessarily about um, our neighborhood or about New York City in general. I think we both have intentions to most likely move back there in a couple of months when we get our shit together and we, you know, I don't know, a lot of stuff is going to change. And that's part of the reason why we're leaving. And I'm happy that we're leaving because I've wanted to move out of that apartment for years now. And never, I've, you know, we got the dirty shithole handcuffs, as they say. Uh, Golden handcuffs in some ways. For this apartment, the dirty shithole handcuffs. And that is the fact that rent is super cheap and the neighborhood is super cool. Yeah. The rest of it sucks. The rest of the apartment sucks. So um, I've been wanting to leave, but it's like, how could you? We would never, and we could never find a new place, and we need to be here. All that changed in March of this year. So it's like, okay, now's the time, right? Now is the time to actually make the move. We've decided that we are going to make the move. A bunch of things sort of lined up for us. And now that we are in the position we're actually moving, I just want to light this place uh, on fire. I want to burn everything in there. I don't care about anything. Like, if it was up to me, I would leave every piece of shit. I would grab a a pair of shorts, a pair of blue jeans, a pair of black jeans, like 10 black t-shirts, and I would run away, and all my sneakers and hats, <laughs> and I would run away from the place. But we can't do that because we're adults living on this planet. But Ashley, this has been a lot tougher for Ashley. She does not, 
feel the way that I do. Look, I have a penchant for nostalgia, okay? I'm I romanticize the past. I feel like I'm looking around and and I I'm looking around our apartment and I'm thinking to myself that first off we were so lucky to have that so much space in that cool neighborhood for so cheap for so long. And I think a lot of this change has to do or this, you know, sort of um not rejection, but distrust of the change. I'm questioning it. Are we making the right decision? I'm insecure about what's happening because I feel like what you and I are doing is what most of the people in the country are doing, which is reacting to a circumstance instead of creating a circumstance. Like you and I aren't, you know, creating this move um, out of purely our own sort of desires to advance our careers. This isn't like a, well, we're going to move to LA because that would be better for us to have a job type situation. We are reacting to the circumstance of the pandemic. This is something that is, feels like it's happening to us, right? Yeah, sure. And I feel, I, I imagine everyone feels like this is happening to them. Like, and, and I, full have a full body rejection of that you know so that is something I have to overcome is my knee-jerk reaction to reject uh feeling as if circumstances are controlling my actions I don't like that I like to feel like I'm controlling it and but unfortunately you know a recipe of feeling like you want to control your circumstance and, uh, you know, mix that in a bowl with a deep um, distrust of change, usually that means nothing happens, unfortunately. So I am aware, you know, when I think about it consciously, reasonably, logically, when I remove my emotions from the situation, I'm aware that we are in such a good position, that we're so lucky that we have somewhere to go, that we don't have to spend the winter in quarantine in that apartment again. Because we did it for two, three months. And it was not good. It was bad. It was a bad place to be locked in. Um, and I don't want that to happen again. Yeah, and I didn't... I, I think it was bad as well. I mean, I do feel like we made it as, as good as we possibly could. Right. The first month was a party. Yeah. Let's be honest. Right. You were waking up making us grilled cheeses. We were having grilled che- grilled cheeses for breakfast with french fries. We were drinking a ton. I think I was making egg sandwiches for breakfast, grilled cheeses for lunch. <laughs> and sometimes, baby, that's only a 2-hour difference. <laughs> Nick was like buying us pints of ice cream like every other night. Like I said, we were we were flush in alcohol, right? Like oh, yeah. we were drinking so much, which is so interesting now. And now we're flushing alcohol folks don't drink we barely drink at all barely drink at all like the month of july august september i've probably had like a handful of drinks i mean our camping trip threw that off because the cold beers and the campfire i mean let's be let's be honest here they go hand in hand but like last night after our epic packing day we were like let's buy a six pack this is wild for nick and i you were like, how dare you pin that on me? You well, wanted it. And I was like, I guess, sure. You were into it. At first, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to drink. And then I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I was like, after this day of packing boxes for what, six, seven hours straight, I was like, let's have some cold beers. Uh, we'll just get a six pack, nothing wild. We came back here. 
Um, we had a couple of drinks. I was only able to have two and a couple of sips of my third before I had to go to sleep. Yeah. Like I've got no tolerance at all. Little cans of beers, you know? Little cans of beer. And also, I've just reached this point in my life where if I have any alcohol, my sleep is completely messed up. Like, if I have, like, two beers, cannot sleep throughout the night. In fact, I woke up last night at, like, 5 in the morning, and um, I, I was like, I got to go to work. I got to get start doing my work. Um, I was half awake. And this is just a – this is the, the result of, like, a combined stress over moving and two beers and I saw a picture of a tiny frog on Reddit. Those three things combined created. Yeah. I, I'm like, I woke up. We're, you know, in the room that we're that we sleep in now. Uh, the bed is sort of, um, it's like a, it's not against the wall. There's like a little crack, you know, a little space. But then there's like a chair that kind of like closes that space in a bit. So you can't like walk through that space. You can only enter the bed from one side, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a, it's a tough situation. The room is great, but that situation is tricky, especially at night when you're tired. So um, Ashley pops up out of bed and I'm, I'm looking at her and she's like in this little space trying to like just standing in this space against the wall. And I and I'm like, Ash, is everything all right? And you're like. I, I gotta I gotta go to work. I, I gotta just get up and I gotta start working. And I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? And you're like, I, I was dreaming that I had a pet frog and he ran away. And I was like, well, what the hell is okay? I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is she having a mental breakdown? Is she sleeping? I didn't know what was going on. But I got her to come back to bed and I just told her, I was like, oh, now you gotta dream that this frog is looking for its uh, princess and it's, you know, trying to turn into a prince. And then Ashley was like, okay. And then she, <laughs> she just like went back to sleep. I mean, I was basically sleepwalking. I was half awake. I realized I was stuck. I was standing up and I couldn't get out of the little the little canal. Yeah, you weren't really. It was funny is you weren't really trying. You just kind of got to the. You walked like the one step that gets you to like the edge, and then you were like just stood there looking out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, what's going on here? I knew I was stuck, but I also was thinking there was a way I. I have hopped over it right i could have thrown like a little a leg, frog uh, like a little frog oh yeah you could jump over it i've done it a couple of times sure but uh you weren't gonna do that no because i not... wasn't fully awake yeah you weren't fully awake so that's just where i'm at mentally i feel like i'm stuck in the corral <laughs> between the bed and the chair yeah i mean uh yesterday was was stressful on me as well i i don't i don't sleep well after i drink beers either i can't i mean i had three beers and whatever and i slept for eight hours and i'm like not feeling great tossing and turning yeah i just don't feel i mean it wasn't like a, i didn't wasn't noticeable i'm not hung over i guess i am you know being hung over as a person in their 30s is different than being hung over than as a person in their 20s i guess um that's not news to anybody probably but like i guess i used to wake up with like horrible headaches and like having to like throw up because i was like binge drinking and i'm like 23 years old or whatever the hell is going on um now it's like three beers over the course of four hours and it's just like i wake up and it's like what i have a cold what the fuck is going on here you know what i mean like it's like boy i just feel like i have um a like a silk screen in front of my face suffocating me i can sort of see i can't you know i feel hot i'm like sweating so um yeah it's it's been it's been a it's been a move um moving and, has been a move and it's stressful. We still have 
to figure out how to get over the finish line, as I was saying. But hopefully, at the end, by the next time we talk to you, things will be completely cool. I think another reason I'm having a difficult time with it is because I identify with where we live, and you do not. Like, I identify with, like, being a Brooklyn person, that being the neighborhood I live in. Like, this moving feels like a loss of that identity. I 100%. First of all, Ashley, you have to remember, the house, the apartment that we're moving out of, you've lived in for seven years. I've lived there for 10 years. You 100% do I uh, identify with the neighborhood, that apartment. That apartment is, like, you know in, like, a weird movie where, like, a guy is, like, you know, he he lives by a he sleeps by a tree for a thousand years and then the tree like wraps around his body and like he is the tree, you know, and like you know what I mean? I think so, yeah. Like that apartment is kind of like that with me. Like that is like we're moving out of a place that is basically just has my skin all over it. You know Ew. what I mean? It's like it's like I have definitely has your hair. I have grown around this apartment. This apartment has grown around me. I've spent the most time in that apartment than anybody else in the last two decades. Do you know what I mean? In that space. Of course I identify with that place. Here's the problem. I don't like that place and I don't like the identity that it is. Like yeah. it's dark. Mm -hmm. and it's old and it's broken i like how you were saying yesterday like let's just have some self-respect okay we can't have a bathroom with a door that doesn't close we're adults now i mean sure can you fix the bathroom door yes has it been fixed plenty of times the problem with it is there's not enough ventilation and so eventually the steam of the bathroom will wreck the wooden door expand it to the point where it does not click okay it's just not designed well it's too narrow of an area um you know i could go through all of the problems of this house but it would probably it would be its own podcast yeah and it would probably hurt the listener to hear about this yeah so i mean to me there's not if i'm like man i really i really pissed that i'm moving all i have to do is think about one or two things you know sprinkle a little like depressing pixie dust on my head and then all of a sudden i'm like oh i can fly again i'm fucking out of here i can't wait yeah so like yeah when i'm sitting here or we're driving into the neighborhood you know you're or out of the neighborhood Mm -hmm. or going to get like lunch you know in the middle of our move you know i'm like wow this place is great and then i walk back into the apartment again and i go fucking hell like i hate this place my question is do you think if we move back to brooklyn we can find an apartment that is like in a cool place like our neighborhood or in another neighborhood i wouldn't mind living in park slope i would love that do you think we can find that and it will be an apartment that is up to our standards now because i will say now we have pretty high standards now that we've lived somewhere with a full working kitchen for three months yeah well i've told people this and i've said this to you as well you are a person so i guess i could have grouped you right into that first category um my standards are different now. I don't need a huge space. I would live in a shoebox as long as the kitchen is new and the bathroom is new. Yeah. I if, need a tub. If it's a new shoebox, I'll take it. Give me it. Yeah. But, you know, I don't need... We have so much. You were saying like, and our place is so big. It's like, that's a bad part about it. We just have like a room we, we don't necessarily use. It's turned into like a storage area. We've got no, we, it's a huge apartment with one half of a closet. It's like ridiculous. So, um, I hate that place. Yeah, it sucks. 
I hate it. You know, I I can't believe I let myself live for a decade without being able to take a bath once a week. I was talking to Emma Gonzalez, past guest. You guys have heard her on the pod. Uh, We also work with her. And I was telling her, sort of lamenting, like, the pros and cons and going over the whole apartment um, situation with her and telling her really about how wonderful taking a bath has been over the past few months. And she was saying, like, she told me that her aunt is an OBGYN and recommends a bath almost all the time for ailments. Does Emma, Emma has a really cool apartment in yeah. uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yes. Does Emma have a bathtub? Yes. She does. Mm-hmm. Emma so has people are a having, new apartment. People are having bathtubs. People are having bathtubs. Wow. Joe has a bathtub. This is what I'm saying. Like, we... You could maybe take a bath. Only time I've ever had a bath situation in that apartment is when I was like so sick. You know what I mean? Where yeah, I'm there like, was one time where I had, remember that? I, this is like six months ago. This was during quarantine when I had that migraine. And I was like, I'm going to puke. You have to help me go to the bathroom. I have to get into the a shower right now, a hot shower. And I sat on the floor and I was like, please turn off the light in the bathroom. Oh, my God. I and- was like, it's your funeral. <laughs> going in that bathroom with no light on in the tub. And I sat in the tub with the hot shower Scary. coming on me. and yeah. with the. But you stood in the door watching over. Because I don't know. You thought, I, what did you think I was going to drown in the tub? What were you worried about? Yeah, I'm just a creep. Uh, <laughs> I'm a doorway watcher. I don't recall exactly what I was doing. I assume what was happening was so shocking to me that I wanted to make sure you were okay. Yeah, it was a really bad migraine. Later, you were like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you got in the tub in the dark. Like, it was like, see, you can't live in a place. Where it's scary where, when the lights are off. When, when being in the tub in the dark with the lights are off seems like a horror movie. Yeah. I'm telling you, folks, it ain't pretty over there. It's just old. Everything is so old. Okay, it's like old shit, and not old in like an in like an antique way. Nah, nothing about it's cool. Old in like a broken, dingy way. Do you like our apartment? Come move there. We'll sublet it to you. That's another mm-hmm. thing we've thought of. We're like, yeah, maybe we'll keep it. That's the other thing. Like every so often, like we're like, yeah, maybe we'll keep it. Well, I feel like giving up the apartment and moving in with your family is lovely and as wonderful as they are. They've been so welcoming. And they're incredible. It is like giving up a little of our adult freedom because yeah. we just don't have our own place. Yeah. So I think that like the instinct to keep the apartment and sublet it or we even talked about Airbnb it. But who is going to New York in the pandemic and would want to Airbnb is the issue. Yeah. I think that has been rooted in this desire to like maintain a tiny bit of autonomy. Yeah. You know, but I'm okay with letting that go. Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to bog this podcast down in, in this situation. So the next time we report back to you folks, I promise we're going to talk about other stuff. Okay. <laughs> Have hopefully we just we'll... been talking about this for weeks? Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about the stress of having to do that, you know, <laughs> and, and then uh, now it's happening, you know, but, uh, you know, we're venting. We're kind of talking. I mean, we're, you know, we just kind of woke up. We're doing this right now. We're sort of figuring it out on the podcast. So thank you for being our, our shoulder to lean on. Um, so what we're going to do, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll we'll talk a little bit about this hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog hot show. Dog. Um, so stick around. Folks, we're back. Yeah, we are. So uh, we watched, as we said, uh, a new Max original on HBO Max uh, called Hot Dog. It's like called it's like H A U T E 
D-O-G. Yeah, it's a fun play on words. Is that what does hot mean? Hot. It's like um fashionable, like high end. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. I think that's what it means. Google it. I'm also curious. I just know that it's like um hot, like that is that is cool. <laughs> is that a good definition? Well, hot dog is uh the the little synopsis here is uh dog groomers compete by giving canines of all types of breeds creative makeovers. And it's your basic sort of competition show. Like I said, it does seem to be um, either produced by or in the same world of direction that Nailed It is done. I would not be surprised if it was the same production company. Hot means fashionably elegant or high class. Yeah, I knew it was cool, fashionable and cool. Um, so basically like you'd be like, that's hot, H-A-U-T-E or H-O-T if you're Paris Hilton. So basically you've got a host, the uh, comedian Matt Rogers, who hosts the podcast Las Culturistas. Um, very funny. Know him from the Brooklyn comedy scene. Um, and then, so he's the host and you have a panel of judges. There's a, a a celebrity judge and a, who is, who is it? Who's the celebrity judge? Robin Thede. And then there's a judge who is like a professional dog groomer. I don't remember her name. And they have, um, they, they're they on all six episodes, according. That's what it says. We only watched one, but it says they're on all six episodes. I think that's a misfire. Yeah, I think you want to bring in, you know, new talent to shake it up each episode. But maybe it's nice to have that sort of continuity throughout the series. Um, and then you have three dog groomers who are competing with different dogs and then in different categories. Well, you know what? This person, they uh, did not do this. Uh, Jack's Media is the company that made this. They did not do, nailed it. But I was like, you know, it's weird that they did Robin, Robin Thede is all of, is every, you know, is the special guest for every episode. Yeah. Um, sh- they did do uh, her television show, The Rundown. Oh. Oh, there you go. So that makes sense why they're doing that. I mean, they made mostly non-reality-based um, stuff. I mean, it's interesting. They, it just must be like, you know, if you're going to do this on a budget and kind of make it cool, because it does look fun. It does look it does, fun. It's not like it's cheap or anything, but it's like, you know, it's like looks very contained, but they made, you know, Inside Amy Schumer and Broad City and the Jim Gaffigan show and Difficult People and um the Characters series on Netflix oh, is, cool. is by them and Roseanne, the roseanne i don't even know what the fuck roseanne is the reboot i guess um they made the movie they produced the movie top five that movie with uh um uh, chris rock Rock i wonder if matt rogers pitched this as a show when i was watching it i was like this would be so fun to host because it is like a joyful show like the dogs a are cute as hell b it's good-natured you know it's not like there's not like a negative nasty side to any of this as there can be in competition shows like everyone seems to be there for the right reasons yeah um we shouldn't talk shit about them i mean they also make search party uh full frontal uh russian doll Jesus and marrow the new version mm. um and uh, produced like the last John Mulaney Kid Gorgeous at Radio City. That's and awesome. Schum- this is like apparently the hottest comedy um, production, uh, production house. house possible. And now I guess they're getting into competition reality. So um, it almost makes me want to watch this more 
Yeah. Because I feel like the stuff that they've done has been quality um, so far. So it probably... Because I enjoyed this episode. If we're going to just talk about just straight up feelings about the show before we kind of pick apart the elements a little bit. I enjoyed this just overall as like an easy watch. Um, I would say that I'm not... I don't, don't think I give a shit about dog grooming. I think that's a problem with this. Like, even though it's kind of fun and we'll talk about like the the fun elements to it um i just the 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 source material like what they're drawing from like i like cook i think cooking is kind of interesting you know and uh when you like um you know if you're building like people who are building like a a model out of legos is kind of like oh that's crazy like you're gonna build like an entire town out of legos or or if you're going to, uh, you know, hey, there's a bunch of carpenters and like they have to build, you know, they have to construct something or even the, well, gla- you know, I- this kind of falls into the glass blowing for me where it's just like, I get it, but it's like, I don't give a shit about it. I think what it comes down to is whether or not you would do it. Like you watch a cooking show and you're like, I cook. Right. I could maybe cook something. Yeah. Maybe I'll get into cooking next year. Maybe cooking will be my thing. You watch the Lego thing and you're like, I used to play with Legos. I know what Legos are about. If you watch the dog grooming thing, you're like, well, I, you have no, you're, you're not trying to be a dog groomer. You don't think that's going to be in your future. No. Whereas I, baking a cake is definitely in your future. Right, right, right. Um, And so, yeah, that's the same with the glass blowing thing. Yeah, where you're just like, I'm not going to be, I'm not starting a new life as a glass blower anytime soon. And after watching both of those shows, the glass blowing, what is that called? Blown Away? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's on Netflix. We talked about that a couple months ago. And um, this hot dog thing, like after watching Dog Grooming, it's like, it didn't make me want to become one of these things. Like, if you watch Great British Baking Show, yeah. afterwards you're like, I want to fucking make a Swiss roll, man. Yeah, you're like, like ah, I could do a tart. Yeah, but but this doesn't make me want to mess with the dogs in that way. It just seems uncomfortable and not fun, and, and, and I don't know. So, but the first episode we watched was all about poodles, right? That was their big thing, was mm-hmm. poodles. Well, they were like, we want to give everybody, we want to put everybody on the same playing field. So we're going to have the same breed for the first round. And they were little poodles. They were so cute. I mean, that's the thing. That's the hook for me, okay? I'll say it right now. I, I agree with you. I don't have the impulse to be a dog groomer, and so it doesn't hold my interest in that way, but what does hold my interest are these cute little pooches, okay? These little furry, wonderful, live animals. They're like little stuffed animals that are alive. It's incredible. They're so cute. I mean, yeah, a few of those dogs were very cute. I will. I will watch the, I'll watch, um, oh God, I'm totally blanking on the dog competition show. Come on. West. Best, best in show. No. The, the movie. The, the actual, Westminster yes. dog show? I'll watch that because it's cute little pooches and I'm not trying to compete with my dog. So it's along the same lines. For, it scratches the same itch for me. I also like that they let the dogs, you know, there's parts in there where the dogs are dogs. Like at one point a dog just walks away. And yeah. they included that. And I think that that is um, enjoyable to watch. I I just was um, watching this and thinking to myself, you know, about... It reminded me of when I was a dog walker, basically. And, like, the the steps you have to go through to make sure a dog is calm so that you can put a harness on it, I imagine, are the same steps you have to go through so that you can, like, trim their toenails. Right. 
I, and, and that's got to be hard on a TV set. It seems it seems like those these dogs were like basically sedated. You know what I mean? Like it, they were that, chill. They were crazy chill. And I guess that's part of it. Like you got to find a very obedient dog in yeah. order to be a part of this competition. But like the speed in which the groomers like at the end like in any of these competition shows like they're like 10 seconds and it's just like oh you know and you have to like put all the ingredients you're like oh my god i have to ice this cake i gotta put a little cilantro on top yeah but that is with this it's like i gotta cut the bangs of this dog and it's just like oh my god slow down yeah that dog's gotta be stressed I mean, yeah, it's like dangerous. Like I understand they're all doing it, but they don't have to like race to do it ever. I'm sure they're not ever yeah. practicing that. That was the one thing that like I was made me uncomfortable about the show was just the the race to finish your hairdo on the dog. Yeah, the dog doesn't understand. Dog the, don't the, get it. That the timer is up. The dog doesn't understand why you're all of a sudden panicked. Now you they know? they have little like little uh, interstitials of like the dogs in like front of a whole bunch of like oil paintings of dogs kind of laying out. Love they, the art direction. They do like uh, little subtitles which are cute where the dogs commentary on it like as if the dogs have like an interview um, session uh, at some point. Um, and it's like these dogs are completely understanding in the inner in the subtitles of this. It's like, oh, they know exactly what's going on. That's not the case. These dogs don't know why they're there, why the lights are in their face. I mean, I do. I mean, Ashley more than me, but I guess we have issues with sometimes when they use animals for entertainment purposes, right? Yeah, I don't like when they use animals in the challenge um, to scare contestants like it's like you have to go you might be in the snake pit because the challengers are like panicked in this pit and then the snakes are panicked because they're like why am i in this pit i feel very confident that the dogs being used on this show are not the same as when the challenge uses a tank of sharks because they're using it like you're supposed to be scared of the animals and so they're pitting the animals against the humans that's not what's happening on this show i'm totally cool with the dogs being on the show i 100% believe that there are like measures being taken to make sure that the dogs aren't freaked out i'm sure the owners are right there you know in the wings i'm sure lots and lots of treats are being nibbled on it I- seems like actually from what i could tell was that some of these dogs were like my friend this is my friend's yeah, dog yeah one guy yeah his his dog uh superman was like this is my friend's dog superman yeah so it's like they've been around these dogs before so um and i guess maybe that's interesting that they get to choose their own if they could they could choose their own poodles to i'm into that or whatever type of dog that was but um that was a classic yeah classic poodle was that a poodle? So huge. Yeah, Superman was a classic wow. poodle. Wow. You know what we thought was really interesting we'd never seen before on a reality show is whenever they do that countdown, you know, five, 10 seconds, five seconds, okay, stop. They didn't stop. Yeah, that was interesting, and especially in the first round. And they, and they left it in. They were like, guys, stop. Put it down. Enough. And they just kind of finished what they were doing, and, and they had to be Matt kind Rogers of- was like, seriously, stop. <laughs> the time is up. And there was no penalty, but I did think it was interesting that they kept it in because um, I had never seen that. We've watched, believe me, and you guys know if you've been with us for a while, we've watched a lot of these type of competition shows. When they stop, they stop. Yeah, I remember the, yeah, they drop everything. I remember, what was that show we watched about like cooking high? high cooking or cooking in the yeah, kitchen high I don't know. in the kitchen I, I don't think i liked it 
<laughs> yeah. Um, we watched a few episodes of that, if I remember correctly. Because well, I believe those are like 12 minute episodes. Yeah. Something like and that. I think Ramon was on it. Ramon Rivas. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I remember that, like, there's like a shot where they're like, um, okay, guys, you have 10 seconds left. And bef- right before they say it, you can see like the cooks are all done. Like they're all done. And then they like, pull out their tools to pretend like they're scrambling yeah and it's like that's was uh, a fail on that show's part that that wasn't edited out and it was clear what was happening um but it gave me an insight to these shows where i go oh i wonder if that happens a lot more than we think yeah we always kind of um take note probably since that point um, yeah where when there's like you guys have five seconds and everybody's always everybody always finishes and like drops their tools at like the last second like and they had just finished and yeah. it's like most of these people probably finished fucking 15 minutes before right you know they're and just they, sitting it's got to be exciting it always comes down to the last last second um it's got to be exciting yeah otherwise why are you watching right of course. yeah yeah so i mean uh, i'll tell you what ash are you i'm gonna ask you this now and you can ask me after will you watch this show again Maybe. You know, this show entered um, sort of a Love Island territory for me, the UK version, not the American version, where it's like, oh, this is something I could put on while I cleaned. Doesn't need full attention. Um, When I look at it, I will be amused. Okay, when I look up and I see what's going on, I will be amused. And I felt like it didn't, nothing about it made me go, oh, I got to see what happens next. You know, it didn't have that effect on me, but nothing about it made me go, I'm not watching that again. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I'm neutral. I will not be surprised if I do pop it on while doing some housework. Interesting. What about you? I'm probably not going to watch this again. Tell me why. Wasn't interesting to me. I was not that interested in it. Um, I think I'm sick of this type of show. Oh. This. I mean, I'm, I, I, it's probably a case-by-case basis, but... um. This sort of competition style show. Well, it's very basic. I I do like when they, although it takes more time, I do like when it's progressively eliminations to where like throughout the season, there's an ultimate winner. When it's like chop style, it's just like one person wins at the end of this and you could just watch it in any order. Yes, that's easier, more digestible. I'm less invested in it usually. Um, and as I said before, I'm not really interested in the subject uh, material. Um, and also, like, as far as, like, oh, I'm going to put that on when I'm just, like, chilling and, and trying to clean or or I, I'm doing something else on my computer. I'm like, I should just put something on. I have enough of those. As a matter of yeah. fact, I just started season two of Big Brother. And so I'm like, now I can ju- I'm just going to crush those. And, uh, you know, I'm... I've watched two episodes of that and I'm 100% invested. I'm so upset that I have to go to Brooklyn again today because I can't just sit at home and watch more of that. I think we've also just evolved reality television-wise to be interested in competition shows that are multi-layered. You know, like it's not just a skill set that we are entertained by anymore. We are also interested in strategy and what that means over a long term season. So it's like 
we're like, oh, who's the best baker or who's the best uh, dog groomer is not as captivating as like who is the best dog groomer and can stay in the house. Right. You know, something before we go interesting about that second season of Big Brother, and this is the earliest. I've never seen the first season. This is the earliest season I've I've watched. Um, it It's... You know, because I, I, we just started watching Big Brother this season, you know, and I've, we That's watched. That's not true. We watched season 10. All oh, right. We watched season 10 first and then, but like this year. So I'm not, I'm not, now I'm like pretty well versed in a lot of the stuff. I'm starting to get the references, all that stuff, and I'm enjoying it more because of it. But I always felt like, oh, this is kind of like the real world if it was a competition to stay in the house. Mm. Season two is like filmed like the real world. Oh, that's it's, it's, fun. I mean, when they do their their diary room stuff, a lot of the time they don't doesn't seem like they have a diary room. They like pick a place in the house and like sit like on the arm of a chair and or and like give like their interviews and stuff like that. And to me, that's uh, it feels so much more like it was filmed like um, old real world seasons and stuff. And it's kind of interesting that way. And it's that's also cool. a lot more about like hanging out. Like, I mean, they do a lot of hanging out on the show, but. Less the the strategy had had not gotten to a point where people are coming in with complete and total alliances and like you know people are kind of like one person is doing that and the rest are kind of just chilling and mm-hmm. it's just like well that person is probably gonna win um so uh yeah very uh very interesting stuff we're completely addicted to Big Brother in this house and that's why it's tough to uh, do really anything else truly um even though it is a fucking pretty boring season as far as uh i can tell it does seem like this week is going to heat up there's a rumored or i guess it's a confirmed triple eviction coming up yeah she told us on uh thursday so that's gonna that's gonna speed things up i can't it's gonna wait speed things up a bit um folks i believe that is our show for today thank you so much for letting us vent thank you so much for listening to us do us a favor uh rate us five stars on apple podcasts if you haven't done that already give us a review uh we'd really appreciate it if you want more of us you can uh join our patreon five bucks a month gets you two blowness episodes a month that's where ashley and i kind of just shoot the shit in a casual way plus we are in the middle of of our retro challenge recaps where every Thursday we drop two recaps for two episodes of season 12 fresh meat the challenge uh, I believe we're up to like episode I think this week is going to be episodes 11 and 12 something like that, that sounds so, right so we're getting we're get we're, we're 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 in the thick of it folks there's a lot for you to to listen to over there they're only half hour episodes for us to watch our recaps are only about you know 20 minutes a half hour they're easy digestible they're fun we get to talk about a bunch of classic challengers that uh um is uh been a real whirlwind to to bring back into my life um and uh also um for those of you who are waiting for our second blowness episode of september it's coming probably gonna drop it like on the last day of September, just because we're classic so busy. style, classic style, but it's coming. I don't know what we're gonna do, but we maybe we'll do a, a, a Sunday morning, uh, a, a Wednesday morning chat chit or something like that. Yeah, Who knows? We'll, see. we'll do something fun. Um, thank you for listening, uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye.